Running Wild with Christine, Sex, Success, and Other Slippery Rabbit Holes. Welcome to episode 72 with Nikki Peck. Hi, Nikki. Hi. How are you? <laughs> good. 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 How are you? I'm good. It's the weekend. I feel good. <laughs> yes, me too. Um, so, Nikki, you have an Instagram page that is potentially where people might know you from called Boner Candy 69. <laughs> yep that's me (laughs) and you draw I'll let you describe it what do you mostly enjoy to draw um well typically I focus on uh female queer sexuality um so anywhere between like women females um intimate moments that they have with each other with themselves exploring sexuality in a very playful um and provocative way so i mean there's anything from girls on the couch just watching tv naked to girls looking in the mirror or you know they're sad in bed after reading a text from a you know from a dj or something (laughs) but (laughs) very specific example (laughs) so it's vancouver djs (laughs) i'll tell you but yeah some of them are autobiographical and others are just um, from friends sending me um, images or talking about experiences so and then some of them are just you know made up fantasy kind of women so I guess that's, in a nutshell, my visual portfolio of Boner Candy 69. Nice. Um, so let's let's backtrack before we get into, like, the, like, censorship and sexuality conversations that I feel like we're probably going to end up having. Um, <laughs> yeah. You, did you grow up in Vancouver? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, was born and raised in Vancouver, and um, I lived... My parents lived in UBC, um, well, Kitsilano and then UBC, so I was kind of back and forth there, and I went to Montreal for five years to pursue my undergrad nice. in visual arts, and then now I'm back in Vancouver. Welcome back to this crazy city of ours. <laughs> um, so did you have sort of, what what was your upbringing like? I always ask, like to ask this question to people who end up doing something quite vocal with regards to sex, because it obviously ties in morality and other things. So it's always interesting to find out what the background. Yeah. Um, well, my parents, they're super open and they grew up just totally, you know, um, pushing my sister well my sister and I we're we're best friends we're like 18 months apart and so we were kind of like always growing up together and you know learning about sexuality together and and um we were brought up going to a catholic school so that's where a lot of things started (laughs) um but it my parents weren't religious by all means and they just it was the closest school to where we were growing up. And um, I don't know, my upbringing was pretty good. You know, my dad was pretty tough, but I think that was, that was good. Cause now my sister and I both have really pretty good jobs. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah. Dad of two daughters ends up often being that way. <laughs> yeah. And he, he's a lover of art uh, as well, which is really great. And my mom is just totally kooky and fun and we have a lot of fun together. And they both like, my dad doesn't have Instagram, but 
yeah my mom follows me so <laughs> yeah that's they know awesome. what I do that's awesome did you yeah. was did you know from the get-go that you were gonna go to art school was that like an obvious thing yeah oh yeah I grew up just uh being totally invested in art when I was younger I drew a lot of fashion females you know from my mom's old sewing kits yeah those kind of ladies and I did a lot of comics featuring dogs and animals and so when I went to school in Montreal I uh, pursued abstract painting and uh, as well as got my double major in art history nice um yeah, but then I was just kind of like having fun and fucking around. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, when I came back home, I didn't have a studio anymore. And I was like, hmm, what can I do to occupy my time in an artistic way? And I just went back to my drawing roots because it's accessible. I don't need a large space. And I just drew in my room and went back to those fashion females. But, you know, kind of brought them back in a more mature manner. that <laughs> so, I was... Um, you know, more struggles that I was having, sexuality issues and, and identity issues uh, that I was really struggling with. And I yeah. felt that, that at that time really needed um, some focus. So yeah. Back to that. Yeah. That's awesome. Did you, going, veering from art to the sexuality part of the question, did you struggle with your own identity like early on or was also your, like, did you know how you would identify early on or like how do you identify actually? So should start with that question. Yeah, well I identify as um um bisexual queer femme. <laughs> so um when I was young, I actually was attracted to females before I was attracted to males. And I don't know if it was just because I was really going through my awkward phase and uh, there was no attention <laughs> that I was getting from men. <laughs> so I was like, okay, hey, whatever. Um, this seems I'm like just... a more likely route. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they were mean to me anyway, so just figured I'd go up to the girls. <laughs> Seems like a practical, logical path of decision-making. <laughs> yeah, why not, you know? But so I had my first um, sexual experience with a woman, with a girl. Yeah. And uh, I actually, all my friends who have come out as being gay or bi or uh, lesbian, yeah. I was like the original lesbian <laughs> growing up <laughs> in elementary school or whatever and uh, high school. And now I'm, you know, I'm, I have a male partner right now, but... Um, yeah, it was really funny because now they all came out and they're like, oh, oh, I guess we're like, joke's on us. We're the gay ones. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're all just pretty fluid, though. That's, that's yeah. a really healthy way of looking at it. And so yeah. did your, as I imagine the way that you described your parents, they were totally on board with that? Or did you take a while to come out? Uh, no, they were totally on board. I mean, they, they kind of knew. <laughs> they, were, they were like, what, are, what is going on here? Yeah, this they're is pretty not open, as liberal. A surprise. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> nice. And so, going in and out of that sort of t subject matter in terms of your art, do you find that going back to it was sort of only tied to your own personal sort of like questions and clarifications of your sexuality, or was it sort of separate? And then you were like, oh, wait a minute, this is why I was doing that. Um, I think a little bit of both. When I, um, I was also, 
dealing with a lot of well I guess what the initial push mm -hmm. for me to get back into drawing and specifically on the subject of females and identity or or whatnot um was that I was also struggling with like a lot of like mental um illnesses when I was like uh kind of going through university and I think a lot of females go through that whether it's like depression anxiety eating disorders yeah. um just psychological mental issues and I was ended up working with a doctor who wanted me to illustrate his book on eating disorders and so I was like yeah I would love to and that kind of got me to really focus on um drawing as like an emotional outlet yeah so I was doing that and then when I showed him all my illustrations uh they were more so about you know females um and their bodies and really kind of connecting to their bodies and some of them were nude because I felt that you know when I was dealing with some of these issues it was really to do about the body yeah. the nude body and when I showed them to him he was like oh these are great but they're a little too provocative uh for this uh, audience <laughs> and I was like fair enough but um you know this is how I really feel and I want to be drawing um you know stories about women with them really acknowledging their bodies and not to censor their bodies or feel ashamed uh about the guilt behind their appearance and yeah. so I felt that I really want to be more authentic and uh, I just figured I'd do a PG version for this book and then pursue my own kind of like in-depth, hardcore, hypersexual exploration. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's so much, there's so much that I was like profusely nodding as she was talking that you guys didn't see. Um, there's so much tied into that. Um, I don't even know where I want to start with my questions. Um, did you... What was your biggest struggle with, like, your body and your, like, well-being as a woman who is lives in a sexualized world? Like, where did your sort of big, heavy work come from? Yeah, well, I guess I was struggling with loving myself, being kind to myself, loving my body. Yeah. Um, I had issues with that. I w had, like, severe body dysmorphia. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, just totally looked in the mirror, and I was like, oh, my God, I don't like myself. I'm ugly. This is wrong, blah, blah, blah. These, you know, everything to do with my body. I was just, like, picking parts. And um, I guess I... Um, yeah, I struggled with that. I struggled with anxiety about that. And then whenever I went out, I just got wasted and <laughs> like, you know, had the walk of shame. Yep. And felt even more disgusted with myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> the shame over. Totally. We were yeah, we were meant to feel like we were meant to be told that, oh, we're like, you know, whores or sluts and and not only that, I was just like, Oh my god, just like I can't get it right ever. You know, I can't yeah. feel good about myself, I can't be sexual. Uh, without feeling like ashamed of myself, my body, what's my body doing while I'm, you know, having sex or whatever. So yeah. it was just like this shit shame storm. Yeah, literally. <laughs> that, that was just like this cycle and I really couldn't beat it. And the only way I could really feel good about myself was to relinquish the shame by drawing um sexual situations in which I could actually feel okay about afterwards mm -hmm. and that kind of came through in sometimes in parody making out of myself in a satirical way but also using that as like a very strategic 
um, mechanism to subvert that shame and, and, and you know, the male yeah. gaze and everything like that. So it kind of all started like that. And then I was looking at, um, you know, a lot of Playboy magazines and all these, you know, atypical, beautiful females that I was always like striving to want to look Me, like and yeah. feel like. And, and that's how I wanted to um, kind of identify with when I was having sex or looking at my body. And it was kind of a way where I was like, oh, like when I was drawing these women, I kind of felt like I was embodying them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was kind of fucked up because that's totally like the patriarchal system <laughs> that I'm falling into. And like maybe like perhaps just like um, reaffirming that really fucked up viewpoint. But yeah. I mean, when you're in this topic, you're, everything's full of contradictions <laughs> and no, you just have to be okay with them and acknowledge which contradiction you're, you're saying. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I think that's really interesting. The fact that like, it does require a huge amount of self-awareness of just being like, cause I feel like a lot of women, especially in that sort of like key age, whether you're going to university or not, but like sort of the 18 to 28 zone is like filled with inconsistencies and like massive just piles of shit everywhere where you're just like, I don't even know where to start. Like, yeah. like you were saying, you're like, I feel shitty about myself. And then you make yourself feel good by looking good, which inevitably is looking good for the male gaze and like the heels and the bras and the blah and then inevitably after way too many drinks you come home and you're like I'm such a piece of shit for doing all of this and then you're like yeah there's no way to win so I feel like (laughs) I feel like the the process of it and just having to spell it out like when I was writing my memoir was sort of the same kind of realizations where I would put it on paper and be like Oh, <laughs> whether I was consciously writing what I was writing or or just appeared when I reread it, I would be like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. OK, so that's what I'm doing. And that's OK. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the process. Like, this is just my process, whether it's reinforcing my internalized <laughs> misogyny or not. Like, <laughs> this is just yeah. the process. Um, when did you start showing people your other than the book ones, the your drawings? Um, I think I started in 2000, I want to say 2015 was when I, 2014 was when I graduated. So I came back to Vancouver. 2015 was when I started to really get into the momentum of drawing these females. And I had about three different Instagram accounts before this one finally took off. Yeah. And the other ones um, were just kind of, Instagram wasn't really big or wasn't really used the way it was today. So um, they were just, I, I don't really know what I was doing, but I was just using that platform as just, um, documenting my works mm-hmm. and, um, just kind of having fun with that as a platform. And so the first, the first platform I had was called, I think it was called like 18 plus or something. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was like spelt 18 with like the E's as like threes. <laughs> yeah <laughs> nice <laughs> and that got like immediately like taken down I was like okay that's kind of weird yeah and so then I made another um I made one called boner candy no 69 yeah and then I think I gained around 10k and I was like wow this is really taking off like you know a lot of people are liking this and that got totally deleted and I was like oh man how <laughs> that work okay start from fresh again yeah 
Yeah. So then I started doing, and then I did Boner County 69 and that was between 2015 until 2000, well, until now. Um, but I was really showing my work kind of through that platform. And then as it was gaining a lot of followers mm-hmm. and I was just, you know, my audience was expanding. Um, that's kind of when I started showing the people that I really cared about in real life. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, that was like my parents, like even like my coworkers and friends. And then they were like, wow, this is like, we didn't know you did this. This is kind of strange. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, you're so quiet and like coy. And now you have like weird sexual, like darkness to you. You're like, oh, the layers. <laughs> yep, yep. So um, uh, people were pretty um, supportive. Like, yeah. I mean, they were just, you know, it's art. It's a personal expression. Yeah. Um, I mean, I did get a lot of, like, backlash as well. But, you know, it's just, it's art. It's objective. It's whatever. Did you yeah. get most of the backlash from strangers on the internet or, like, people that knew and they were like, I don't want to know anything about this. This is too weird about to know about you kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it depends on, like, the age demographic as yeah. well. <laughs> um, people my age or a little bit older, a little bit younger, they're, they're pretty open to this. Um, even Even people that are, like, between the ages of 40 and up, like, they're they're pretty okay with it as well. Yeah. Um, my mom's friends like follow me and you know, my dad's friends follow me. It's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, they're all males and they're just like, Oh yeah, this is hot. This yeah. is hot stuff. And then my like mom's friends are like, wow, like, you know, this so is like, insightful. like this, like May West kind of like feminist, you know, hardcore. This is great. It's, you know, kind of weird, but, and then I get like the hardcore art. Well, I get some other people as well. Um, more of the traditional feminists that are just, you know, totally slamming my shit and how dare you sexualize women? Yeah, you're exploiting and objectifying the female body and yada 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 and I get a lot of online backlash as well. Like I got like a lot of like not death threats, but you know, a lot of shit coming my way. <laughs> so What's that was the a little weirdest like negative i'm quoting air quotes um thing that you heard that you were like what the fuck like the most surprising thing yeah i got like oh my god i don't even i think i screenshot them before i deleted them because they were just so out of this world bizarre i can't like honestly i can't remember uh without going through like my scrolls and my phone but i got like a lot of really weird shit from like foreign like i don't know for just from like like weird incest stuff and then I got like weird people you know calling me fucking cunt like my like son looks at this every night and like you know just it's weird like, like parents perverting getting the youth me. perverts being like hey I like your ass and I'm like okay what like yeah it's just it's totally full of like a can of worms like I don't know it's so it's, it was humorous at first but now I'm just like uh delete troll elsewhere yeah <laughs> No, I mean, I, I get it, because anyone who posts anything to do with sex gets it, but um, it's just, like, shocking how much drawings can, like, stir up people's emotions with regards to, like, sexual, um, what's the word, like, 
just like frustrations and morality. Yeah, yeah, but I can see how it's viewed as something that might be pornographic. Yeah. I mean, that's considered porn, which, you know, I mean, they're erotic drawings. <laughs> so um, I can get how people would totally, you know, see them as something that they want to <laughs> jerk off to or get a hard on for or something, you yeah. know, like I, I understand that that's not really my intention. Um, but I, I can only, you know, you I can't control, control my it. audience's interpretation. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Do you feel weirder about people being pervy or people being, um, more sort of like patronizing and like, calling you like a immoral person um no I don't get weird about it because it's just like I it's just patriarchy you know it's it's second nature it's I you know like I've been harassed in real life I've been you know somewhat you know sexually assaulted in real life like I it's it happens to like everyone a lot of the times so it's not yeah. weird. It's just like annoying. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Did it teach you some stuff that you didn't expect? Like as a person, did it like, other than the did... actual artistic process of drawing, which we'll get to, but the, the response to your work, did you certainly like get some lessons that you weren't expecting? Yeah. I mean, I, I learn a lot from what I'm doing and, you know, you're constantly trying to reinvent yourself as an artist and push yourself and challenge yourself. And I really did challenge myself through these works and, you know, I'm really trying to think about, okay, what am I saying now? What am I communicating through this message? What, you know, what is the audience taking away? What are they learning? Would it be different if I was a male or a female, like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, being the artist, what about like appropriating like other women in my work? Like, what does that mean? Um, am I representing the whole, you know, humanity, like female race? Like, no, I'm not. Um, and just like, I'm thinking about a lot of things to consider when I do draw. I mean, for me, at the very first forefront of my work was very much to do with just having like an emotional outlet. And then it became something. And I'm like, oh shit, okay. Now this is like, it's personal, but now. Political. Now it means something that I, yeah, yeah, the personal is political, right? Like, I need to, <laughs> like, now I, I have something to say. Like, now I'm doing stuff that, you know, is really important to me and what I want to, you know, what is my message? What's my, when, how am I communicating that? Yeah, that's so, so, always learning so stuff about myself and other people and, and, you know, connecting. I think the biggest thing that's come from this is like, how many females and and queer folk that I've actually been able to like connect with um yeah that has been like a really amazing opportunity and just like the people that I've been able to like connect with through mm-hmm. this topic of like sexual stigmas or whatnot that's yeah. been really rewarding yeah I think that's the biggest thing that I get from the podcast also is like finding people that are on not dissimilar paths and just aligning the lessons or like the questions in any case, like even if you don't have any of the answers, just like being like, are you also struggling with this? (laughs) Um, Yeah. But I think that it's comforting when you do get to know like people that you would have never crossed paths with through something that is provocative and controversial because 
that's when you get into sort of the thick of of what is the messaging and what what should the messaging be like not in a moral should or shouldn't but like in a where are we going as a group yeah do you find do you find that that direction is changing now for you personally anyway um I'm not sure um I feel like the internet has really helped with that I do think that there's a lot more to be done um yeah especially in the institutions I feel it's been lagging and it's been a little bit slow um there's a lot of like um, still internalized misogyny and like sexism there. Yeah. So, and old, very archaic ways of thinking, uh, especially when viewing female produced art uh, about hypersexual topics. So, I don't know. I think that like now we're living in a day like that, um, like the fourth wave feminism where, you know, sex worker rights, um, sexual harassment in the workspace, um, non-binary rights, like those are all things that are becoming like more recognized. And um, it's a huge achievement and like a huge um, improvement. Yeah, Yeah. totally. And so I think that's been like amazing. And and, like, yeah, it's totally. Do you feel like in your, this is going to be a weird personal question and a weird segue, but this is where my brain's going. Um, do you feel like in your personal sexual life, it's changed things like in your perception of your body and your sexuality in general? Yeah, totally. I mean, I feel way more okay with myself (laughs) and I'm not so hard on myself. And, um, I'm just kind of like, whatever, Uh, you know, my partner and I were like very, like, we call it by furious. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> we, you know, we'd like to have fun and, 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 you know, my group, I come like my community is very open, really sexual, very just kind of like crazy. And so we have a lot of fun there. And, um, but I've actually been pursuing my master's, um, nice. at this moment. Yeah. Congrats. Um, in sexuality. So being, you know, doing your master's, it kind of like really does put a, uh, <laughs> it, it plugs you up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I just got a promotion at work, so I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, okay. So I'm trying to navigate my sexuality again because I feel like somehow things got inverted. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I feel like this is like incredible timing because I was having this conversation with my partner like, an hour ago (laughs) but yeah yeah, no I feel like there is something to I don't know if maybe if for you it's the same but there's waves I find where I'm like more mentally productive like my brain is figuring more stuff out my writing is better my like my my conversations are better and then my physical existence as a sexual being declines because of all the emotional labor I'm doing being like a functional human and then when I sort of like reach a little bit of a plateau mentally where I'm like oh I'm gonna get a break then the physical just is like hello I'm back but they don't really exist together in my life 
Yeah, it's 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 like really hard to find balance. <laughs> it's so hard. It's just because you spend your time advocating for it in in a way or another, and then yeah, and then you turn around and you're like, oh, I'm being a little hypocritical right now. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know if yeah. you feel that way, but <laughs> yeah, it's brutal. Like you can't. Um, I feel like we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and this goes back to like the very beginning of our conversation. Like we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, like to look a certain way throughout certain years to, to sort of put ground under our identities and what we want to present ourselves as. And then we get sort of a little bit past that. It's like a process ongoing, but we get a little bit more stable on our feet. And then you get to, okay, who am I emotionally and who am I professionally and who am I as a human that's in progress and then you I find that th- these times like emotionally speaking from like wherever the political stand standing is and what the social sort of environment is is just really hard on women lately because there's so much systemically going on and politically that personally it becomes a bit overwhelming yeah <laughs> Totally. So other than the rage, like there's very little room for like experimenting feelings right now in my own body. I don't know if it's the same for you. Yeah. Well, when you're in grad school, uh, <laughs> there's uh there's not a lot of time for, for a lot of other things. So yeah. Yeah. The... I feel that, um, my first year I was just like, holy shit, like, what the hell am I doing here? Like, this is totally going against everything that I'm doing. And, you know, that was really hard on my emotional and mental and sexual kind of like overall well-being. And, but that's just grad school. They grind you down the first year and they just tell you, you don't know anything. (laughs) And then the second year you're kind of like, okay, picking up your pieces and being like, okay, yeah finding that confidence back and so it's just it's I don't know for me this is a temporary like weird kind of transition where I'm trying to find myself again but Mm -hmm. I I chose to do this master's because I was getting um not bored with what I was doing but it was almost too easy it was too easy to be doing what I was doing online and I didn't think I was getting enough critical feedback um, yeah. that I wanted from from the context of like an academic um, critical institution. Uh, you know, a lot of my audience was online yeah. and it was great. And, that, you know, that's valuable feedback as well, having a great audience. But as but I just feel like I wasn't getting the critical like critiques that I needed to make my work stronger and yeah. more like have more weight. Yeah. So I totally like... <laughs> I asked for it and now I'm like, oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> yeah, wow. And I also like, while I do this, I manage an art gallery in Vancouver. Yeah. So I'm just like, oh my God, like, what am I doing with myself? <laughs> I mean, it's pretty crazy that, that I feel, I feel like this is a common thing that like every sort of woman that I talk to that's doing something is also doing 700 things. And I'm like, how, why do we do this to ourselves? Yeah. I don't know. Cause busy people get things done. I don't know. <laughs> it's true. But so what's the intention then with, um, once you get grad school, is there sort of a, a um, an idea down the line of something that that's going to bring? Or did you just crave the, cause I totally get that if I could be in school forever, I would 
would. Uh, but did you just crave the sort of like, let's pick at your brain kind of thing that university does to you? Where you're just like, oh, my brain is boiling and I love this because I don't know what the yeah, fuck is going on. Exactly. Um, for me, I just want to be, I'm, I like being like around the whole sides of art, whether it's be behind the scenes or the commercial aspects, curatorial aspects, being my own artist, as well as like, potentially being like a professor or, mm-hmm. you know, in the academic context. Um, but I just wanted the higher education of like something that I knew was really important to me that I wanted to, um, really focus on and, and grow. Like I, I felt like I needed that push to grow, to really figure out what I'm trying to say with what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I needed that critical like feedback from, um, this platform, this audience. And I, I don't know, it, it only like helps open, uh, other opportunities and whatever but for me it was mostly just getting that education and that kind of um feedback from that critical feedback for what I'm doing at this moment which is totally different what I was doing my undergrad and that's why I was like okay (laughs) this is what is important to me I need I need that critical feedback although it's you know it's it's totally tough <laughs> and you know i'm not getting like the the pat on the back or anything i'll tell you that yeah. <laughs> i'm not so it's an uphill battle definitely with this the huge tra- like the history and the tradition of like female sexuality depicted and represented in art is just this is like walking in a landmine oh my god <laughs> is it are you yeah. is there stuff that's like really come up that you're like what the fuck that you didn't expect Oh, yeah. I mean, just I'm always walking into like a bomb, I feel like. <laughs> like every time I think I'm on the right path, I get a teacher critic that's just like, oh, you did not just go there. <laughs> and like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I did. Why? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's, it's really kind of interesting. Um, so, I mean, I'm just, we'll see how my my work has it's changed the way I work uh, completely because, um, you know, I'm kind of understanding what I'm doing and what I'm saying and I'm thinking more than I'm making. Yeah. So, and before I was making, 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 I was, every time I came home from work, I would lock myself in my, in my place and I would just draw for hours. And now I'm like thinking, Oh my God, is this going to offend this person? Is this going to offend them? But I can't think that like I can't no. I'm, do, I'm thinking like that because I'm in grad school yeah. but I'm not I just have to reaffirm that you know I'm not here to please people and you know and also I feel like we yeah. again going back to putting pressure on ourselves is I feel like we especially if you start being conscious of how you impact other people which everyone should work on that but as you start really focusing on that more you it's hard not to want to have sort of perfect messaging or like inclusive messaging from yeah. us. But, but at the same time, I feel like we are just getting the words. We are just getting the words even figured out, not even right. We're just getting some of the vocabulary that is necessary to make that messaging what it needs to be. And so in the meantime, we're working with what we have. And it's imperfect because it's always going to be imperfect. And those imperfections are just, I think it's very easy in this day and age to be like, 
uh, that's wrong instead of being like, hey, actually, have you thought about not doing that and, and because it does this and being like, oh, okay, like it's an opportunity to learn something as opposed to an opportunity to be canceled. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know? totally. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So, I feel like that's a really hard thing to advocate, though, when you when you do treat subjects that are so very sensitive for so many people for so many reasons. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's difficult because there's so many like feminist wars out there. Um, and, and I'm like, why are we all fighting each other? Why don't we just fight the patriarchy, which is what we are here to do? I mean, I know that I'm, I have to acknowledge the fact that I am, you know, a privileged, abled white woman, um, you know, and I do understand that and I acknowledge that and it's just it's it's yeah I just want to be really open and clear about that because my work isn't trying to I'm I'm trying to be more inclusive but at the same time I'm not I'm not talking about things that I'm not I don't have experience with yeah and it's actually quite rude and um really fucked up to be you know, doing the, having the point of view of someone that you... Appropriating someone else's experience. Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. And I feel like, you know, in school, it's been really awkward because they're like, oh, well, why don't you have this person or that person? Or like, what about this? And I'm like, well, that's not my experience. And that's like, yeah, I get it. But I can't, if I could just add this token person here, that's just the actually offending and stifling more uh, yeah. people. Like, like, I can't do that there are um, plenty of better suited people at yeah those like that <laughs> i'm not trying to like tackle the whole like female race here you know <laughs> what i mean i'm 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 just adding a conversation from my point of view my perspective yeah. which is all, all i can offer right now but um i feel like through all these alternative and like you know just ways of seeing of you know everyone else's perspective um I don't know. That can only add to the conversation. I don't know. I am, I completely agree with you. And I think there's something to like supporting and lending a voice and sharing other people's art who are talking yeah. about that stuff from their perspective. But oh, like, totally. But that's pretty much where your your participation ends. Because like, what are you? I, yeah. Yeah. It's it's just really hard when you when you do an art like this is why I I continue to do the podcast even though I don't have any time ever um but like I make time for this because it's other people's experiences like through my writing it can only speak about me (laughs) like because that's yeah the only legitimate ground that I have is like my own personal experiences um but speaking with others is how I do my little part in like talking about other people's experiences because it needs to be, yeah, like you said, like the conversations need need a little bit of a push to be had. Like we need better ways to start those conversations. But I think I, if I'm understanding you correctly, like I, I also feel kind of frustrated with the whole everything needs to be represented within your one messaging or your one Instagram feed. And you're like, well, I mean, like I'm not everybody. And yeah. speaking for everybody is not... Yeah conducive to change or progress it's basically continuing this colonial white supremacist thing of like let me tell you what other people feel i don't feel comfortable doing that yeah i definitely don't think that is appropriate um for me to do and for (laughs) i don't 
Yeah. And I just, I mean, I believe that, you know, supporting, having your community, you know, having the kinship and solidarity um, among, you know, women, non-binary queer folk is, is really strong. And, you know, you could just support each other through each and everyone's different um, experiences and languages. I think that's important, but yeah. yeah so <laughs> how, um, I didn't pick up on this when you first said it, but I wanted to go back to it. You started again after like losing a 10,000 follower account because of censorship. Not that, you know, followers matter or blah, blah, blah. Like not to get into the like Instagram logistics of it, but like how did that shape your feelings towards censorship and the patriarchal system with regards to that? Yeah, it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> All my hard work. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that I was just feeling really frustrated, and I'm sure a lot of other people can attest to that. Um, it, uh, You know, what I was doing is I'm not posting a violent picture. I'm not posting, like, a picture of me, you know, like, violently, you know, with a weapon or something. I'm mm-hmm. posting my body, my experience, my life you know um and and other women's bodies like it was just kind of weird so I was really frustrated but I didn't at that time I I think I was not really super it didn't really bug me yeah because I really didn't know what I was doing at that point um but I feel that now I am way more agitated and frustrated and really angry um, because things that I post now get taken down and I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? Um, and that's when I just go batshit crazy. Yeah. And, Cause like what, like yeah. what really bugs me is I understand, I don't understand the rhyme or reason, but I understand the sort of female nipple picture censorship rules. You know what I mean? Like they're like no female nipples and you're like, well, it's a stupid rule, but it's a rule. Whereas with drawings, I'm like, it's like, where 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 do you get the authority to just be like oh god forbid people should draw bodies it it just really doesn't make any sense like to me at all physically it's just my body's like what the fuck yeah no i am too i totally agree it's like you know these are these are drawings of female bodies i mean what what happens with you know pictures that are taken from museums or like what about um, you know, medical drawings of breasts and like, I'm, it's, it's mind boggling to me. Um, but yeah, I guess there's just no place for that. (laughs) I mean, that's, it's so weird because for me, I like, I got some words reported. Oh, wow. Really? They do that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. And I was just like, what? I'm like it's words on paper like what are you talking about it it just really frustrates me because it's like what okay so it's it's just an outright war on female sexuality because there's no like it's not like this can harm you know what I mean like who are we harming well it's a threat it's a threat because the patriarchy wants to control women's sexuality yeah and that's just been how it's been for ever. That's just the tr- traditional ways of of trying to control and bound um, female sexuality because it's you know it, it's huge. It, it's 
it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's really, really fucking scary to a lot of people out there. So, ah, but I'm just like, <laughs> you know, like, I yeah, can't. we're a threat. And that just makes you like want to do more. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you guys don't rebel. understand that you're just like fueling our energy. <laughs> like you are uh, just uh, yeah. causing a yeah. bigger problem for yourselves by doing this. Yeah, because I think it's the same with like uh, bodies and and sort of just not even sexual acts, like just female bodies. Like the the conversation around the sexuality of the actual body is just so like it, it it blows my mind sometimes how much like you were saying like the, the internal misogyny where I'm like oh yeah like thinking about what my boobs look like at work or something like is it appropriate and I'm like I have a, has a guy ever thought about well like what a part of his body looks like other than his dick like no never, well, I don't know <laughs> never have they considered if their shoulder was too naked yeah, you no, know what I for mean? sure. And it's yeah. just like it influences every single decision that we make every minute of every day. And yeah. it, and when you're just trying to be like, hey, maybe if we got a little more pleasure, like, or if we invested in our own pleasure and we're happier humans, it just ties into everything. And it's hard to just have the conversation about the one thing because it's all tied to the same. Yeah, totally. And I think that, you know, it, it's a lot to do with like female desire and pleasure as well um that's always censored and uh you know you don't really ever see a really authentic um image of like what female desire or pleasure looks like without it being posed um or yeah posed for the male gaze Mm -hmm. or or um yeah so i think that's kind of interesting and um i think that we think so much about what, you know, we look like in the workspaces because we're so insecure with all these beautiful images of women that are bombarding us through social media and advertisements and pop culture. You know, we're meant to feel insecure because that is keeping the money going, because, you know, keeping the consumer kind of like commercialization of sex, Mm -hmm. you know, they are making money off of that, off of us feeling like, is my shoulder too bare? (laughs) Is my, you know, forehead too shiny? And then when we go like, never mind, actually, I'm going to think of my shoulder as my shoulder and I'm going to do whatever the fuck I please with my shoulder, whether it's talk about it in a sexual way or draw it in a sexual way, that's not okay. Because I'm not, because you're reclaiming your own existence. It's like, yeah, because that's just, you know, self-objectifying. And uh, (laughs) I mean, what's wrong with that anyways? I don't know. I don't know. Oh gosh. Yeah. This is, this is exactly what I was talking about earlier. It's like these, these connections of minds, it's like, we don't actually have any necessarily answers to this, but it's nice to know that we're not alone in this, like, what the fuck major like mood. Yes. A hundred percent. We, uh, I think a lot of people can have the same feelings and can relate. Yeah. And hopefully in their own little way, resist you know yeah yeah um is there something to uh, sort of tie a little knot on this haywire conversation um is there something that you want to say to anyone listening that you wish you heard more um w- uh that i wish i heard more yeah that you wish you like people told you more or that was heard more or was said more or like i think i wish that there were more female mentors 
Yeah. Um, I have a really hard time with that. And listening. I think that, you know, if there was more females that could be there and, and to teach, um, you know, just spread the word. I think that would be so amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So if you do have anybody that you like listening to that teaches you things, please share it with us so we can spread the word about people spreading the word. That would be useful. (laughs) Um, thank you so much for coming to chat with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is great. Thanks for listening to all my stuff. <laughs> no, I always. This is what I enjoyed the most out of, you know, trying to tackle some of this world's sexism and sexual repression. Is mm-hmm. <laughs> having, having conversations around a glass of wine and being like, ugh dread but we're together in it <laughs> yeah girl power <laughs> that's right um so guys i'll be posting the links um to nikki's work in the description um yeah anything else you want to add um i don't know have fun this weekend <laughs> yeah exactly have fun this weekend treat yourself to some yeah. pleasure or some you know erotic drawings or some extracurricular activities as we call them on the last episode (laughs) that was about non-monogamy um so yeah thanks for listening this week and i will see you guys or rather hear or speak to you guys this is weird phrasing um next week and um yeah have a good one